0: Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash scienceweekly today to get 10% off your first month. That's hel slash scienceweekly.
3: Frida, come on,
1: come on, girl.
2: Jonathan Watts, the Guardian's global environment editor, lives in the Brazilian state of Pará on the edge of the Amazon rainforest.
1: Hey, come on!
2: Unlike most days, he's taking his dog Frida down to the river for a walk. Uh, it's always one
1: of the highlights of the day, but in the last week or so, it's become a little bit depressing, to be honest. The landscape isn't as it usually looks. Even the sound of the forest is different. Uh, There are fewer insects and birds and my feet make a different noise compared to usual. And the reason is because we are in one of the worst dry seasons in living memory.
2: On a normal day, he'd be out kayaking, but now the river is just ankle deep. And in a region known for its blue skies and powerful thunderstorms, the change is hard to ignore. The sky above me now is the colour of concrete grey.
1: It's not factory smokestacks or even car exhausts. The reason the sky is this colour right now is because so many people are starting so many fires and the Amazon is burning and I wake up with it in my nostrils every morning. It's very distressing, not just because it is bad for me, but because of what it portends for the forest and the future of this
2: incredible biome. So today we're asking, why is the Amazon rainforest drying up? I'm The Guardian science editor, Ian Sample, and this is Science Weekly. John, before we get on to what's causing these terrifying conditions, can you tell me about the impact these low water levels and arid conditions are having on the local populations? You were in the Amazonian capital, Manaus, recently, weren't you? Yes, that's right. I was there uh, about 10 days ago and
3: I was shocked by what I saw. I've visited Manaus at least five times it it, it feels like a kind of a magical place to be because Manaus is an enormous city in the middle of an enormous forest. It's two million people, at least. It's a free trade zone, so there's a lot of industry, a lot of traffic on the river. Uh, And it's totally surrounded by an ocean of green. The rivers, uh, and this is the Amazon River and the Rio Negro uh, that meet together at Manaus. So it's, it's a place in the world that probably has the most or one of the most abundant resources of fresh water Uh, they were both drastically down the the port had been pushed back far like 20 30 meters away because uh, the water levels had gone down so much Uh, and and i found out later the water levels uh, had had fallen to a point that they hadn't been at since measurements began more than 120 years ago Uh, but perhaps even more shocking for me was to, to, to look at the air quality, which reminded me of my days as a China correspondent. The air above Manaus was just thick with smoke from the fires in the forest. Uh, and it was a, a sort of a browny, yellow color. You could taste the acrid smoke in your mouth when you were there. And
2: I, I just couldn't believe what I was seeing. Uh, it, it felt very dystopian. And I imagine such low water levels can't be good for biodiversity in the area, John.
3: That's right. Uh, this is an area where we don't know the full impact because it's almost impossible to measure because there is just so much biodiversity in the Amazon. But I, I did speak to a, a mycologist when I was in Manaus uh, and she's been studying the area for decades and she told me she'd never gone out on a field trip and not found a single mushroom Uh, but in the drought this is what happened and one of the most shocking things that I've had to cover in this drought was the death of more than 100 river dolphins in in Amazonas state this is horrendous because river dolphins are endangered across the world including in Brazil and there'd never been a mass mortality on this scale and the scientists who went to look at this, this die-off believe it's almost certainly uh, as, as a result of low water levels and increasing heat.
2: It won't come as any surprise to listeners that another part of the world is experiencing extreme weather events this year. But it may surprise some that such low rainfall is affecting the world's largest rainforest. Is it just that the rains haven't come this year so far? That's the essence of it, yes. Um, this period from sort of September, October,
3: November, the region is starting to come out of the dry season and move into a transition period when you start to get rains. But that just hasn't happened this year. It's been bone dry in most parts of the Amazon. Uh, And and that's why we have this situation now where in many cities, the water levels are far down and people are having problems irrigating their crops, getting uh, supplies by river and hydroelectric dams uh, are having trouble running. So, yes, it's a it's a region wide problem
2: and uh, very, very unusual. This obviously isn't the first time we've talked about climate change affecting the Amazon, but this year's El Nino has been pushing global temperature records off the charts. Might that be creating an outlier here?
3: Yes, uh, I, I think there's a very real risk of that. And that's that's particularly true here. In past El Nino years, uh, Amazon droughts have always been a problem. The situation this year uh, is particularly bad, according to Brazilian scientists, because you almost have a, a stereo warming effect, uh, which is to say that on oceans on both sides of Brazil, there is extremely unusual high temperatures. In the Pacific, you have the El Nino. And then in the Atlantic, we've had these really freak warm temperatures for much of, much of this year. And these ocean water temperatures affect what happens between those two areas. In other words, the Amazon rainforest. So, the situation is particularly grave uh, at this moment.
2: I guess we can't sort of solely blame El Nino here, though, can we? I mean, when we talk about the Amazon, it's usually about deforestation. And most of us would think of ever expanding farmland, timber extraction, and man made forest fires. How much are those contributing to the drought? It's very difficult to
3: quantify what proportion of this is. Uh, the result of global effects like climate change, what proportion is regional effects, and what proportion is uh, local human activity. But scientists are certain that all three are factors and big factors. And on the local level, uh, there's been enormous deforestation and also degradation, and the distinction between the two is often lost, but it's very important. Deforestation is when the entire forest is cleared, and that's observable by satellite. And degradation is when either humans go into the forest and cut away the more valuable trees, or uh, because of heating and drought, uh, many trees in a certain area die off. So you're sort of weakening the forest in those areas. Uh, And the forest is no longer able to function as strongly as a rainforest. And, and rainforests produce their own rain. They pump rain across the region. They have this cooling effect. One scientist told me a single tree uh, essentially has a cooling effect equivalent to two to three uh, regular air conditioners. So imagine when there's, there's billions and billions of trees, how important that is to the whole region. So they, this is all weakening as a result of of farming, taking forest land as a result of Uh, illegal miners. And so, yes, it's a combination of these different effects that's all contributing
2: to essentially a drying of the Amazon. It just sounds like the Amazon is in this vicious cycle where deforestation leads to drought and forest fires, which leads to more cattle ranches, using up the denuded land, and the droughts just get worse. I mean, how long can this go on for? This
3: is the question that's on many people's minds right now. Nobody knows the exact answer. I spoke recently to Carlos Nobre, who's one of Brazil's top climate scientists. He is one of the pioneers in this tipping point theory uh, that the Amazon rainforest will eventually dry out if things continue as they are now. He says that the tipping point will probably be when the forest is 20 to 24 percent deforested. And we're already uh, around about the 17 or 18% mark of deforestation. But then there's the whole question of degradation, uh, which isn't so much into those calculations. So we could be very, very close. When I talked to him last week, he said this current drought is accelerating the move towards a tipping point. And he fears as things continue, it could come within the next two decades. So it's absolutely essential to not only bring deforestation to zero, uh, but also to start reforesting
2: many areas. John, this all sounds pretty apocalyptic, but from what you've told us, it sounds like the drought might have a wider reaching impact across Brazil. Do you think that could actually help bring about some urgent change to save the Amazon?
3: I would hope so. There's definitely been a lot more attention on this problem. What's important to remember is that a drought in the Amazon does not only affect the Amazon. Firstly, there is a direct impact on power supplies because Brazil gets a great deal of its uh, energy from hydroelectric dams, many of which are in the Amazon. And so when water levels in this region are low, that means uh, less capacity to produce power And the second reason is that the Amazon produces rain across a much wider region. Uh, It affects the monsoons for all of South America. Uh, And so what happens here is vital for uh, the irrigation of crops for farmers and the temperature at which those crops grow. There is no way this problem can be ignored But the first thing that needs to be done is to change public consciousness and to make people more aware of the problem. And this drought has helped to do that. The question is whether a critical mass of public consciousness, change in public consciousness, has been achieved. Uh, And I don't think we're there yet.
2: We saw President Lula re-elected in Brazil last year, someone who marks a stark contrast to his predecessor Bolsonaro when it comes to protecting the Amazon, With COP28 starting later this month, how seriously do you think he and the rest of the delegates will be taking this drought? Lula is definitely taking this drought very seriously.
3: He knows that the eyes of his nation uh, are upon him and certainly the eyes of this region. It's going to be globalised at the COP conference later this month uh, when it will be one of the many extreme weather events that are about to be discussed. So I I think what you see with Lula is somebody who is saying the right things and doing many of the right things. Uh, The question is whether it's enough. So Lula has promised zero deforestation by 2030, which is a huge advance on any previous leader. He has also promised to to stop expanding the agricultural frontier, which is another very important uh, policy measure. And... To some degree, he's been successful. Deforestation in the middle of this year fell by uh, more than 50%. So that's a huge gain in a relatively short space of time. The risk is that this drought will undermine a lot of those gains because it leaves everything so dry, it's very easy for land grabbers to start fires, claim it's an accident, and then with huge chunks of the forest missing, they then move in and occupy those areas At the same time congress is extremely hostile it's dominated by agricultural uh, and mining interests who want less controls on the amazon and almost all of the regional governors in the amazon are are controlled by those same economic forces who want to open up the amazon so uh, lula has a very difficult political uh, challenge uh, in front of him when it comes to the amazon rainforest and the more international pressure And the more international support he gets, uh, the more likely it is that he can use that to try to overcome the domestic resistance that he faces.
2: What will you be looking for, John, as an environment journalist to see which way this is going to go? I mean, have the rains started coming yet? We did have some rain last night. Uh, It was
3: somewhere between half an hour and an hour. It was very welcome. The thunder and lightning are a sign that the rainy season could be a- about to begin again. Friends were posting joyful photos uh, of, of this on, on their social media feeds. But everybody knows that half an hour or an hour of rain is not enough. This very brief shower has to portend that the really serious rains are coming. And serious Amazon rain is a wonder to behold. It thunders down when it comes, you can feel that the forest it is revitalised. The, the, the leaves take on more of a luster. The insects chirp much more loudly. The frogs just uh, sing throughout the night. Unfortunately, the National Weather Service is saying that the serious rains are not going to come for another few weeks. So uh, let's hope that uh, they're wrong, as weather forecasts often tend to be.
2: John, huge thanks for coming on and um, just wishing you all the best that the rain's come.
3: Thanks very much, Ian. Yeah, we're all praying for rain.
2: Thanks again to John Watts. And you can read all his reporting about the Amazon at theguardian.com. This episode was produced by Tom Glasser. The sound design was by Tony Onachuku. And the executive producer is Ellie Bury. We'll be back on Tuesday. See you then.